Hello, friends, and welcome on into episode 11 of The Sco Show. And episode 11 is our first emergency edition of The Sco Show. Why? Well, after what can only be described as a tumultuous 48 to 72 hours in the life of wide receiver Antonio Brown and his rather short-lived tenure with the Raiders, Antonio Brown has a new home with the New England Patriots. My name is Mark Schofield, here for this emergency installment of The Sco Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation. And I'm going to dispense with the usual cavalcade of reminders. I'm just going to roll right into it. Antonio Brown seemingly getting himself released by the Raiders after a rather frantic sort of end into his time with that organization, now has a new home with the New England Patriots, a one-year deal, $15 million with $9 million guaranteed. Those are the numbers that I'm seeing right now as I'm clicking through my phone at a rather frantic pace like the rest of you are. And this is a bit of a stunner, given everything that Antonio Brown has sort of gone through over the past, like I said, 72 hours. But to see him sign a deal with the New England Patriots, a, as we know, buttoned-up organization is a bit of a stunner. Yes, Ian Rappaport at Rapsheet on Twitter, Antonio Brown agrees to a one-year deal worth up to $15 million with the Patriots, a $9 million signing bonus. Not guaranteed, that's a signing bonus. Basically the same thing. Let's take a step back and look at this in the near-term, long-term, on the field and off the field. Near-term... Apparently, since he did not get this deal done prior to 4 o'clock, he is not active. He cannot play against the Steelers, although you can imagine what that scene would have been like on opening night with Antonio Brown now suited up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team he played for. But he won't be eligible to play for that game unless something got done quicker than we think. But everything we're seeing right now says he won't play tomorrow night. What does Antonio Brown mean for this team on the field? He is an all-world type talent at the wide receiver position with the diversity and the ver- the varied skill set where he can be used on the inside and he can be used on the outside. Sort of similar to how the Patriots use Julian Edelman, but with more explosiveness along the boundary. He's much more of a pure vertical type threat than a Julian Edelman, obviously. So you can put him on the outside. You can use him in the slot. You can use him on quick game stuff as well. He's very explosive off the line of scrimmage with the ability to sort of beat press with his feet, beat press with his hands, short-term quickness, short area quickness. He will fit in extremely well in terms of the routes and the route combinations that the Patriots ask their wide receivers to run. On the field, this looks like an almost ideal pairing for a team and for an offense that does have some question marks at sort of the receiver slash tight end parts of the roster. We know about the tight end position. Receiver, there are some pieces. Julian Edelman, Philip Dorsett, Josh Gordon, if he can stay in the mix. Jacoby Myers, if he can stay in the mix. With Nikhil Harry going to IR, you would probably want another guy in that rotation anyway. And now you get that guy in Antonio Brown, who, yes, is an all-world talent at the wide receiver position. Now, obviously, that's the on the field, and that's the good news, and that's the pie in the sky, glass half full type scenario. We do have to deal with sort of the off the field and everything that has transpired with Antonio Brown over the past 72 hours. 
situation comes to a head with the Raiders. And let's sort of recap what went down. You had the helmet situation, doesn't really report to training camp, doesn't meet sort of workout bonuses. He had to hit 85% of the workouts to get a $1 million bonus. Doesn't come close to that number. Gets the fine letter from Mike Mayock, puts that on IG. Then there's an altercation with Mayock. And while there were rumors that it was worse than actually transpired, it seems that you know all parties sort of downgraded how it was portrayed in the media. Anytime you get into a blow-up with your new general manager, it's not a good thing. He has the emotional sort of apology to the team. But then what does he do? He gets fined and he blows up again and asks, asks to be released and is released. That's a rather shaky start. And you do have to wonder how much of this was going on behind the scenes in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, and on top of all that, he releases a series of videos on YouTube last night, Friday night, seemingly having recorded John Gruden, which, by the way, not to really put the lawyer hat back on fully, is a crime unless he got his consent to it. California is a two-party consent state when it comes to recording people. There's ways you can get around it. You can like play a beep during the conversation and so it lets the person know that they're being recorded. Either way, it's shady. You put all that together, there's a question mark with his semen desire to play the game. And part of me was wondering, I was on a radio show, this, a podcast this morning, wondering if he even wanted to keep playing the game between the helmet issue and all of this. Doesn't seem like a guy that really wanted to suit up. But now, in Belichick, we trust as members of Patriots Nation because we've seen this sort of situation play out before. Guys that have had rather either rocky relationships with other teams in the past or some off-the-field issues, they come to New England and there's one thing that they have to do is their job. That's it. And whether it's a Corey Dillon or a Randy Moss or even other guys, Ryan O'Callaghan, whose book I just got done reading, talked about how given his situation and the dark secret he was hiding what he thought was a dark secret his homosexuality the patriots were the ideal place to be why because all that matters is can you do your job if you can great everybody's gonna love you if you can't they're gonna find a way to walk cut bait and walk away and so is this a situation where yet again the patriots will take on somebody with some baggage, but because of the organization they have, number one, because of the stability they have had at the three most critical aspects to an organization, owner, head coach, quarterback, all three of those guys have been there for a long time. This is a strong core group of leaders. And he gets to an Antonio Brown walk in to see a Hall of Fame coach, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and a Hall of Fame owner who will basically sit him down and say, look, this is how it's going to be. If you want to play, great, we'll get you the ball. If you don't really want to play, or if you're going to be a problem, well, you know how this organization works. And you will be unemployed before you know it. You know, the Patriots don't waste time. They don't play games. If it's not panning out, it's not panning out. So that's sort of the like pessimistic underside to this. On the field, the potential is undeniable. Brady gets a guy that he can use at all levels of the field. 
Now you have a situation. Many will wonder if you're a defense player in the New England Patriots when Brady drops to throw, who are you worried about? Perhaps Edelman, Gordon, if he's there. Now you've got a third guy once he gets on the field that you've really got to worry about. And who are you going to double cover? Suddenly, Tom Brady has guys that are difference makers on both sides of the field, in the slot, on the outside. This has now the potential to be an undeniably, incredibly potent passing game and offense. Because what are you going to do now? If you're a defense and you've got Antonio Brown on one side, Josh Gordon on the other, and Edelman in the middle, you want to play cover too, right? You want to have those two deep safeties with dedicated safety help over the top of both of those guys. Now you're going to see some light boxes in the run game. If you start getting the run game going, you want to bring that extra safety down, all right, now you've got one-on-one situations with Gordon and A.B. on either side of the field. And I just had a friend text me. He's in the middle of a fantasy auction. He got Brady, he got Brown, and he just took Gronk for a dollar. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, that will do it from here. It's hard not to be a little bit optimistic about this. I just wanted to record something quickly and get it out, my initial thoughts. I will obviously have more in just over 24 hours because and hopefully we get Sco Show episode 12 as our first glorious victory edition of the Sco Show. Either way, I'll be back with some post-game thoughts. And then we got a loaded week. Bob Soshi is going to come on later this week, talk about this game and more, probably talk some Antonio Brown. And it's looking like we're going to have the one and only Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, fin it to win it. He's a Dolphins guy as well. We're going to start previewing that Miami-New England game, which when we all saw that game listed on the schedule week two down in Miami, probably didn't feel too good about it. Will there be reasons for hope? Or should we still say, be a little hesitant about that game? We'll talk to Kyle about that. But that will do it for Scotia Episode 11, our first emergency installment until about 24 hours from now. Keep on blessing those Patriots' reigns down in Foxborough.